Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown Series 2, Episode 8. I'm your host, Jamie Ward, joined, as always, by producer Scott. We're back in Essex, still very much high on adrenaline after being ringside in Cardiff, as Joe called in and reclaimed the IBF World Super Featherweight Championship. But here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. Michael Conlon joins us to run the rule over the featherweight division and talk his clash with the man who dethroned Josh Warrington. 2-0 prospect Maisie Rose Courtney. She's under the spotlight this week as she prepares for a big step up on the Katie Taylor undercard. Cash Farouk updates on life since retirement and runs over the best things to happen in boxing last week. Steffi Ball, well, he looks to pluck some gems from underneath the alias apron in our weekly quiz. And you won't believe the luck. Another ink is dry, slipped through the cracks. More on that in the coming weeks. But as always, great show coming up. So don't go anywhere. Well, Mick, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Massive night, fast approaching May 27, in more ways than one. That's something we'll come on to talk about a little bit later on. Firstly, though, for you, mate, how's your preparation been going for Venado, Luis Alberto Lopez? How's everything going in camp, mate? It's been going, it's been going great, mate. Um, you know, everything's on track, moving in the right direction. Uh, feeling really, really good, really, really confident, really focused. And I'm, I'm very excited about you know, May 27th. I think it's going to be a fantastic night all around. To have that night in Belfast, Mick, I suppose, obviously you, ha- you had the fight with Lee Wood, but when you always imagined yourself winning a world title, is this the stage, the environment that you, that you imagined yourself holding that belt in your arms in? Yeah, definitely. You know, I've, I've been there for many of Frampton's fights and stuff and, um, and Burnett's fights and, and seeing them guys do their home. And, you know, uh, I think it's about time I turn to do their home now and, you know, it'll be an unbelievable dream country when it happens May 27th. So, yeah, it's 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 a place where I've always wanted to fight and defend for a world title. Never mind go and win one. So, you know, it's it's going to be a really special feeling when I do it. When you look at what you've been up to, Mick, since that that fight with Lee Wood, obviously you blew you blew Karim Gwerfi out of the water very recently, didn't you? And your second fight after Lee, I think you'd had a ten round points win as well. Since have you, when you look at your your own mindset, because I know you're you're a visualizer and you're a thinker. Have you learned? Anything about yourself since that night in Nottingham Mick? Has anything changed for you? Do you think? Yeah, I think you learn. You learn a lot about yourself when you're in a fight like that. Um, you know, you learn learn how you are as a fighter and who you are as a person, and how I think what makes people is how how they kind of come back from you know adversary and you know losing the lead and, and the twelfth round after being up on all the cards. A lot of people were swallowed after it and, and probably not played for a long time. But you know, I, I went straight back into the mix. Uh, with a really tough test and Miguel Mariaga who you know when I was in there actually I was feeling his punches more than I felt that Lee's punches so a really big puncher you know 26 knockouts more knockouts than I had fights and that was the type of risk I knew I had to go back into the face against if I wanted to get back in the world title contention right away and you know I went in there showed that I still um, who I believe I am. Just looking elsewhere in the featherweight division, obviously also the night of your world title fight is Lee Wood versus Mauricio Lara too. In your opinion, just looking at that first fight, Mick, what was your, your opinion on the first fight and, and also the decision for the tail to come in at that stage of the contest? Yeah, I thought Lee put on a good performance. Um, he boxed really well, boxed really smart. Um, and I think he just got a little bit too greedy in that first fight. Uh, and, and sort of the hook with a hooker, if he had a stuck to his boxing, he probably could have easily won. Um, 
on points if he had just been smart, but him being a puncher and obviously trading punches, he probably believes in his power a little bit more than what Laura believes in his power. So um, Laura landed and finished the fight, and yeah, it was it was a good fight. It was there was little tricky moments in it as well for Lee where he was under pressure, and Laura did let him go and looked a bit in danger, but. You know, I thought he, he boxed really well and then unfortunately got a bit greedy and got knocked out. But in my opinion for this one, I think it's been too it's too soon. Uh I I don't agree with the immediate rematch. I, I think he should have probably you know, took a, a little fit in the interim, maybe let Laura fit Warrington for the third time and then face the winner of that. But I don't know I don't know why those decisions were made and, and, and Lee jumping back in, maybe he believes it, but I just, I, I can't see. I said before the fight, I think Laura knocks Wood out and I do think the same thing happens again. I think probably a little bit sooner too this time. Is that something you've learned from your own experience there, Mick? A bit like what we sp- spoke about earlier. Was it important, is it, is it important as a fighter when you do lose a fight just to, to get that bit of momentum back and that's what you feel Lee should have done? Well, in terms of my, myself, I would have took the immediate rematch with Lee um, in terms of how, how that fight played out and stuff. It was, you know, one punch changed the whole momentum of the whole fight. So, um, and obviously swung it in Lee's, Lee's favor and he got the win. So, I, I, it wasn't it wouldn't be a fight. I felt that was out of my depth for anything at any stage. So, I would have took the evening to rematch against Lee, and I believe I would have won that rematch. But in terms of Lee's one, it was there were times where he looked like he could have got put away early in the fight. And then he came back and got his boxing body and got his skills back and started winning on points, but getting greedy. And it's hard for someone like Lee. Like, I'm, I'm an out-and-out boxer. Let's be honest. I can, I can box all day. And, you know, Lee, maybe not so much. He likes to stand there. He does, he's not not much of a mover. He likes to stand there. And he'll, he, he will trade. And that's where he's going to get caught. So I think for him, it probably would have been a little bit smarter because he had two, two fights back-to-back where he took heavily concussive punches and you know he's getting the third fight now against another the, the same heavily concussive puncher he was in against in his last fight and for his health and stuff I don't know I wouldn't say it's the best fight to take um, but at the same time he wants to be world champion again and it's his quickest route back but yeah I think from his his point he should have took a bit more time from my point I don't think that was the, the case but um I'm glad it was the case. I'm glad I've kind of moved the way I've moved because it's kind of built the confidence in me now and shown me where I'm at. I think some people talk about Mauricio Lara, particularly fighters in the featherweight division, as not wanting to fight him. I've heard I've had Raymond Ford on the podcast, who I'm sure you're familiar with, and he says that he's the man to end the hype train for you, Mick. I know you'd take full confidence if you were ever to share the ring with Mauricio Lara. Do you think overrated is that is that a harsh word? What what is your opinion of Lara when you when you really strip he- it back? I don't think Laura's overrated. I think he's definitely he's definitely rated for a reason. He's definitely a, a, a very, I'd say probably one of the biggest punchers in the division. Um, a dangerous, a dangerous, dangerous man from from the first bell to the last bell. But in terms of skill and stuff, his boxing ability isn't the highest, but his hands are definitely probably the heaviest. So you have to you have to respect that and and, and know how to beat that and and obviously have the game plan and the patience to kind of go through with that game plan to beat it and, and put it into practice. It's, that's the hard bit of putting everything which is needed in the practice in the ring in the heat of the moment when you have 
someone with, you know, KO power in both hands in front of you. You need to be kind of patient and, uh, and base your team to, and pick your spots at the right time. Um, so I, I don't think he's overrated. I definitely think he's, you know, very, very dangerous. Um, but a smart, good boxer can, uh, can beat him quite comfortably and make it look easy. But it's just, you know, you can't switch off for a single second one because he can't switch your right foot. You mentioned uh, when I asked you, for you how you see the, the fight going, the rematch you've picked, Maria Shalara to win again, maybe even earlier. But from, for you, Mick, I suppose when we speak it all into existence, if you become world champion and Lee Wood beats Mauricio Lara, I mean, how does that whet the appetite, a rematch, a unification fight with Lee? Yeah, it'd be unbelievable. One. It would be unbelievable. I wouldn't have it in, in uh, Nottingham, not just to let you know. I wouldn't become, <laughs> I think that would be unbelievable. And, and, and I wish Lee all the best. I do hope he wins. Um, do After you fight someone like the fight me and Lee has, you do gain a little bit more respect for them. And, and, yeah, that's not saying before the fight. I've always said before the fight and stuff. We I had respect for my everything I say before the fight. I stand by. You know, I I, I said he punches hard. He's tough and resilient. He's tougher and resilient than what I thought. But he I said before he's tough and resilient and he punches hard. And those those three things they still sound the same. But in terms of the boxing ability, you know, I said it was amazing. I still stand by that. But just have a much more respect for him because we've we've shared that kind of type of fight and. You know, you're probably going to be linked forever with him, and you know it'll probably be the the highlight the highlight reel of his career. After there's always probably going to be that fight now because it was fight of the year, and obviously how it ended. So unfortunately, it won't be like that for me. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, I hope he wins, and you know, I wish him all the best. Good stuff, mate. We'd all love to see that again. One fight I do want to ask you about is a massive fight for the country of Ireland on May 20th. Katie Taylor's homecoming for the whole of the country. Just how yeah. important is this and how pleased are you for Katie to have this opportunity? Ah, I'm delighted. I, w- I really wish you could have been in Croke Park because I think that's the right venue for it. You know, the, the, the 80,000, 80,000 capacity would be the right you know, venue for it and, uh, and, and you would feel it right because it's Katie Taylor. But people don't understand, especially people abroad, they don't understand how big this woman is in Ireland. Like every, every young girl and every, every, every kid looks up to her she's an unbelievable role model and you know, like just an inspiration for you know women and, uh, and all athletes across all athletes in the sport what she's achieved and what she's done for, for the country of Ireland and how humble and quiet she is about it is unbelievable it's very very hard to see that in, in, in anyone these days uh, but like someone of, of Katie's level you know it's, it's, she's just really special I have always said like I've known Katie many, many years. Like we were on the amateur teams together, we went to two Olympic games together and stuff. And I always said it for a long time. I've said that she's, she's the closest thing I've met to a saint, and that's not a lie. Like she really is. She's that. She's that like nice and and down earth and humble and just a good human being, all around human being. So you know, it's massive. I'm just gutted to be able to go there because I'm fighting the week after. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a special night for Ireland, and it shows like how how ballsy and tough she is, taking on someone, taking the risk of fighting someone like Chantelle Cameron, who's the unified or undisputed champion to wait above, isn't it? And doing that in her first homecoming in Ireland, that's risky, man, and that just shows you the type of woman this 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 girl is. And you know, I'm so proud of her. I'm so happy for her. And every time she she goes and you know performs for the country. 
we all stop and watch and we all applaud and, uh, and we all just look up there. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great name for Ireland. And I believe, you know, because it is in Ireland and because it is Katie's first time fighting at home as a professional and stuff, she's going to pull out an unbelievable performance and get the win. Lovely words, Mick. Totally agree. Special person, special fighter. Just final word from you, Michael Conlon. I talked about earlier about you being a visualiser, a thinker. Yeah. How do you become world champion on May 27, mate? I think there's many ways that happens. You know, I've seen I've seen it by I've seen it by stoppage. I've seen it by you know complete knockout. Um, but all I, all I all I see is me with the belt around my waist and just holding that belt in my arms. I've I've had a I've had an image on my phone. My little brother, on who's unbelievable, you know, graphic design and stuff, and he's done this image, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting over the belt, and I have, I've had that on my phone. I've been looking at that every single day for the last month, and uh, I, I will keep looking at it until, you know, it's actually in my hands, it's in my arms, and I am world champion. And May twenty seventh, you'll hear on the news, and you'll hear Belfast erupt, and I think it's bank holiday weekend, so. You know, I, I definitely want to have a full-on rave in my garden, I think. Uh, <laughs> it'll be probably, few, It'll be unbelievable. A few beers that weekend, I'm sure. We'll be drinking Belfast. Mick, we wish you all the very ah. best of luck. Keep that Celtic Park dream alive, my friend. Come on. This is it. This is the first step to that dream. 100%, mate. 100%. Wish you all the best of luck, mate. Best we'll luck, catch Mick. up soon, yeah? And the new. Good luck, mate. Yeah. Take care. Cheers, Bye. Mate. Well, I think I mentioned in the intro there, Scott, still very much high on adrenaline from being ringside in Cardiff. We saw Joe Cordina become two-time world champion. Uh, what a night. What a fight that was. You know what? The whole card was a bit of a buzz, wasn't it? It's, it's good. It's rare that we sort of get everything go our way, and it did, if correct me if I'm wrong. I think all the yep. results went Matchroom's way, so that was a, a nice bonus. But yeah, I mean, the atmosphere in there, again, two shows in a row, literally bouncing off the roof. It's starting to build something quite nice down in uh, Cardiff. Yeah, shout out Dathith Hewan. Wow. Apologies if I've butchered that. But yeah, what an atmosphere. That ring walk was incredible. That was pretty epic. The thing is though, you do things like that, where do you go next? I think, um, I saw an interview with Joe yesterday with the BBC and maybe he was hinting at like, something like Robert Earnshaw, like Cardiff City legend, bringing out the belt. So yeah, you've got to raise the bar for the next one. So uh, Craig Bellamy. Yeah. He only played for what? One or two seasons at the end? Earnshaw got over 100 goals for them, definitely. What about Bale? Oh, yeah, all right. Well, He's going to rock up and walk down, I was going to say the aisle then. Never know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, great to see Joe uh, become world champion once again. Probably didn't deserve to be stripped in the first place. But when you look at what he's done, you know, he, he's, he's fearing no one. He's beat two champions back to back now. Two very good fighters in a gower and, and Rakimov. And Eddie, you know, sometimes Eddie says things and you don't necessarily completely agree with them for promotional, you know, he's doing it to, to big the fighters up, of course, doing his job. But I think Joe Cordina has cemented himself as the best super featherweight in the world after that weekend. Yeah, I agree. And to be honest with you, I think he should, he should just jump straight in and unify. Why not? I think there's one or two champions out there that's very winnable. Um, I was speaking to Joe yesterday on WhatsApp and said to him, you're coming out to Mexico for Ryder. I think it'd be good for you to be in front of some Mexican media, American media, to talk about Navarrete as well. There's no reason why... Oh, what a fight that is. There's no reason why you can't jump fight. in and, and just make up for lost time. You know, how long has he been out injured now? A year, maybe? Nearly just under a year? Yeah. I think that's you know a fight or two in that time. Just so I don't know what his mandatory obligations are. I don't think there is any. I think the IBF will probably call a, a new mandatory in the coming weeks and months. Luis Alpha Barrett wants a shot, but I like that fight a lot. I must admit. If I was Joe Cordina, yeah, I suppose you're you're beyond that. And he's not in that much of a rush, though. I mean, I know he, like I, I listened to Barry Jones saying he's not the youngest of fighters, but he's certainly not the oldest of fighters either. And I don't feel like there's a lot of miles on the clock 
at all with Cordina. That was a tough fight, definitely the toughest fight of his career. But, but if you could you offer know. Joe Cordina a voluntary against Alpha Barrett or a unification against you know Foster Navarretti or Garcia, you know which one he's going to choose. So I'd personally like to see him jump in with either Garcia or Foster. I think the Foster fight's interesting for the, the BC, the, the green and gold belt. I actually stayed up after the fight uh, to watch the big one, another big fight on the zone. Garcia Tank, and I actually lost our bet for those who listened last week. So 20 minutes from now, we're going down to Brentwood. We're going to have a nice slap-up pasta. I'm going to have all the sides, garlic bread, a few meatballs. Might even go for a Diet Coke. And it's going to be on you, my friend. And I'm going to to make sure it's on your personal card. In in the words of Roy Hodgson, let's not take the piss. (laughs) (laughs) Might even have a pudding as well. You'll fucking wear it, mate. Got a light T-shirt as well. So. Yeah, exactly. To be um, fair, I, I called the round as well. I called the uh, the round bracket as well. So is that double bubble? Round bracket. Hang on, you, round or round bracket? Well, I called the bracket. What was? It, what did you say? I think it's six to eight. I said <sighs> bullshit. Listen back, my friend. Okay. Well, look. Yeah. I mean, Tank, serious fighter. Serious fighter. Scary. He's a dog, mate. He's a really dog. good. He's a dog. Three weight world champion already. That's overlooked. I think that was overlooked somewhat going into this fight. Yeah, Ryan's not boxed for a world title yet, so there is room for him to you know regroup, come again, and I'd like to see him sort of go on a run towards a world title. Why not? I think Ryan's still a great fighter. I mean, yeah, he is. Yeah, but who who picked him to beat Tank? I certainly didn't. Yeah, no, I did. I did. (laughs) But yeah, no, fair play. Happy to be proved wrong. I think when you look at the the landscape, we've got a few guys who will probably be that's uh, Scott's WhatsApp. That's just him chatting to Joe Cordina again. See who it is. Let's have a look. I know it's John Hill, the operations manager at Matchroom. Talking about boring logistics stuff. <laughs> when you look at... You should have just lied there, mate. Should have lied. <laughs> oh, it's just Katie Taylor asking how my morning's been. When you look at the the division from our side, Stevie Spark, who's obviously in action against Gabriel Valenzuela next weekend on the undercard of Canelo John Ryder, Liam Paro, Richardson Hitchens as well. I think we've probably got a few guys who will have an eye on, on Tank and, and that's certainly a big money fight that they'll all be dreaming of. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, a few of them are not that far away from either a world title, world title shot and... You know, a win or two further for, for each of those guys and you really push yourself in. So, yeah, an interesting sort of six months ahead for a, a lot of our 140s. Um, so, yeah, looking looking on with uh, with interest for sure. Alan Babich. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with Alan and I messaged him before the fight. I've messaged him after the fight since. We've obviously been with him from the very start. I think you, Scott, Ralph, when he had his debut on a, a show in Italy. Yeah, it? it was a dark fight. It was like the first fight on before the doors opened. <laughs> Literally, was no one in the crowd. It Do you was, know what then? When you think about that, when you think about him being involved in a, a fight that wasn't even broadcast in Italy on an undercard to fight him for a, a bridge of world title, I know people have their opinion on, on the bridge of weight division in general, but he's not done half bad, has he? In what, 11, 12 fights? Not many fights at all. It's, yeah, it's been fast-tracked. It's been a whirlwind, hasn't it? You're thinking, what, 2021, he might have boxed up five times. It, was, it kind of felt like he was boxing every two or three months. That was his 12th fight. 12th fight. His 12th oh. fight. So to go from that to fighting in front of... Thousands of mad Polish guys, like you say, for a version of a world title in a, in a weight that you may or may not like. But yeah, look, he deserves credit, I guess, in terms of blitzing people out of there. And the entertainment value he brings to the table gets people talking. We see the social numbers. Um, yeah, a bit gutted he lost, to be fair, um, especially in the manner of the way it unfolded. But what will he do now? Will he stay around at Bridgeway or will he go back up to heavyweight? I don't really know. Well, I think one, one thing he's always said, Alan, is... I want to get knocked out. Yeah, <laughs> he's, I mean, he's got his wish now. And I, and I know... <laughs> Probably since it's happened now, he's probably not as over the moon. The fact, that he, despite he always said that he wanted it to happen, he said, look, my life's never been perfect. This is what he's always said to me. My life's never been perfect, so why should my boxing record be perfect? And, you know, I, I have no doubts that Alan will, will bounce back and, and be involved 
in some exciting fights for sure. And talking about exciting fights and exciting talents that we've added to the matchroom roster recently, Sonny Edwards, first of all, must say, what a commentator. Very good. I mean, it's not the first time he's done it. Obviously, first time under zone. But, you know, he's done it on BT. I think he's done it from some other shows as well. So, wasn't a surprise. I'll put my hand up and give myself a little pat on the back. I got him in the door for that one. So, uh, I'll be taking a cut of his... Uh, He's commissioner. Are you that. taking a cut of mine? Now I'm a, now I'm a superstar. For those, for those who watched the Zone broadcast, obviously you've seen that I edged my way onto the, the live broadcast. I even had a bit of a time in front of the camera going into Cordina's dressing room. It was funny. Eddie went to me after. So I would normally just do the before the bell live interviews after the fights. And Eddie went, Jamie, you do realise before the bell's finished, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> he said, blind, we must be running low on talent this week. But yeah, Sonny did really well. And Sonny's going to be in action on June 10th. Headlining. It's quite a quite a big statement for him, I suppose. You know, in a way, he obviously wanted to unify against, you know, Bam, and he's out injured with his jaw. So I think it's quite an interesting sort of tactical little play from from Eddie to give him a headline spot in London. Um, put all eyes on him. Hopefully a big performance against the unbeaten Campos and then into a unification. But yeah, an interesting card on June 10. Um, well titled triple header. And then he said Nina Smith there. Nina Hughes, got to stop calling on that. That is still her Twitter handle, I think. Maybe yeah. I should try and get, get it changed. Change yeah, obviously the major name out there. Um, yeah, interesting. That's a long time coming. Shannon Courtney has been away in Dubai training for this and trying to regain her world title. So interesting to see how that unfolds. And Ellie Scottney gets a shot at Shanika Johnson's IBF world title. Happy for Ellie. Really yeah. happy for Ellie. Good card. Chev Clark in a final eliminator for the British Cruiserweight title. And a little interesting one, which I believe is on before the bell. Yusuf Kamari and Reese Blotty. A Good fight. British... Super featherweight title eliminator. And the return of the run for ball. How could we forget? We've got some exciting content planned with, with Johnny Fisher, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And you put here, Scott, on your production notes, which are always so beautifully worded. What have we been up to? Recovering from Cardiff. <laughs> I think, yeah, do you know what? I think the run's just been a little bit mad, isn't it, over the last few weeks? I feel like I've been here, there and everywhere. I've been in America, I've been he's in Tenerife. He's there, he's everywhere. <laughs> Jamie Ward. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's been nice just to have a couple of days to take stock, re- reconfigure, reconfigure. And yeah, and the schedule's busy. You know, you look into the next, what, two months, we've got shows all over the world. And I know Frank Smith's been out in Kuala Lumpur, was he, yeah, last week? Yeah. So who knows the other territories we could be coming to in 2023. So, yeah, interesting. The schedule's obviously beefing up, like we say, with this new show announcement. I think there's some other new bits and bobs in the, in the background. So, yeah, keep, uh, keep locked into our social channels for updates. Yeah, we've been in, in camp with Mauricio Lara. Last week, got some amazing footage with him in, in Mexico with his family. And he's a superstar over there now. He's really, his stock's gone through the roof. The people love him. And I'm in camp with Lee Wood tomorrow. And we've got our oh, Make the Days Count for Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron. Very much in the works. So lots of exciting content to look forward to across the socials. Just one, actually, on Katie Taylor. We've obviously got the recap with Errol Hawani dropping this Sunday, which would be the one-year anniversary from that legendary night against Amanda Serrano so make sure you watch that that is pretty epic to be I, fair I still have anxiety when I think about that fifth round from Taylor Serrano honestly I can't describe to you what that was like it was mad you know what I was watching back this morning um, the last knock-ins of Taylor um, sorry Taylor Pursoon won at MSG and that was fucking loud as well to be honest that, that arena it just it genuinely is something special. about Ma- Madison Square Garden yeah, and Katie Taylor yeah special isn't it and it's mad to think that a rematch happened about 20 feet away from where we're sitting now. Special time, lots of lots of great fights to look forward to. Can't wait for Johnny Ryder to have his shot next week, but we'll, we'll be talking about that in a lot more detail next week. Well, I'm really happy to welcome Cash Farouk to the show today, former British bantamweight champion, won various ranking titles as well. The untouchable Cash, 
welcome. First of all, how are you and, and how's life, my friend? Yeah, I've been keeping well, I've been keeping well, and uh, like, your life's been good since I've kind of, you know, I've been in, I've been in what I want, and just, yeah, you know, I've just been, I'm still more the box, and that's one thing, nothing's really changed apart from me just not finding them in. Well, we'll come on to talk about your new role in the sport shortly, yeah. but it, it was January 2022, wasn't it, where you went through a situation that yeah. all fighters fear, news that when it broke, we we're all devastated, mate. Uh, for you yeah. to when we did hear it for the listeners who perhaps don't know the extent of it cash what can you tell us about what did happen and, and how the difficult decision was made that your career which was blossoming had to be cut short so obviously I, I knew about this way back probably November time but end of November no sorry but it was uh, I, so it was end of November I found out obviously my, the change in my brain scan obviously I had to go see specialists and obviously advised me not to obviously box and uh, just call that day you now and uh, so it's been uh, it's been a while you know what I mean and uh, I had to obviously keep it quiet until then then I had to uh, obviously public you know in January time. Your health comes first, Cash, and I'm sure that's yeah. probably what everyone around you has told you and reminded you of. I'm sure yeah. it was so heartbreaking for you at first, but yeah. as time has gone on, in what positives have you been able to take from it? And are you, would you say you're at peace with it now in a lot of ways? Yeah, obviously, yeah, but I'm on peace. I was obviously I'm saw my hands. You know, I mean, I can't. I can't do anything about it, you know what I mean? And uh, we suppose it's, it's a right decision end of the day. Obviously, I would have still fought, but it's a right decision, obviously, the knee make. Obviously, obviously my, your health always comes first, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, I'm at peace. And, uh, obviously, I'm still go, I still want to, obviously, still want to keep boxing on, but, obviously, they've took the, um, they made the decision. It's a right decision. I, I would have, I think anyway. Well, you've not been able to get too far away from the boxing ring, have you, Cash, since uh, since you have retired? No. You're now working alongside friend of the podcast, Ian yeah. Wilson. Shout out to Ian at St. Yeah. Andrew's Sporting Club in Glasgow. Can you just tell us a little bit about your new role and, and why you wanted to stay involved in the sport as well? Yeah, I'm just helping you. Know, I mean, sometimes help with the fights and, you know, I mean, matching up and obviously scout talents as well, you know, with Ian. And, uh, you know, and, some, and obviously I'm still training fighters and amateurs also. I'm in the gym three times a week. And I'm doing that as well, you know. I mean, I'm in the amateurs, training the amateurs. So I've been doing that over a year and a half now, up in Glasgow. So I've been, I'm still involved. My routine has not changed to me, to be honest, much. I'm still in the gym three days a week, and I'm still training myself as well. Cash, um, are you in and around Ricky Burns? I know he is training one of uh, Ian's prospects. Yeah, yeah. Do you sort of cross paths with Ricky? No, no. I've just not. Well, we cross paths. We say hell and that, but no. Ricky's got his own wee table of fights, and I'm just. Uh, I'm at the moment. I'm just helping our amateurs. And uh, we've got they're just um, up in where Ian's office is, so I'm just training some of the amateur boys doing down there. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it at the moment, doing that. When you look at uh, sport as a whole, Cash, I think we yeah. often see it in football when you have players who were great players go on to be not so brilliant managers. You know, I think in, in boxing you have fantastic fighters who perhaps haven't yeah. really been able to make it work as a coach. For you, someone who was a great fighter, a very entertaining fighter, what do you believe you can bring to the corner and and in terms of coaching, what do you believe you can? How do you believe you can help fighters? Yeah, obviously, obviously, my knowledge and the things I've done and just passed on to them. But obviously, the fight the fight makes the training at the end of the day. You know, I can't I can't put the stuff. You know, I mean, you gotta have a good fight to make you a good trainer. You know, I mean, so you gotta obviously, but I can only pass my experience on to them and and uh, hopefully just take it on. You know, but uh, like I said, it's a it's a long process at the moment. You know, and in terms of aims for you now, Cash in. 20 years time, world champion yeah. trainer. Is that the aim? Yeah, I hope so. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just taking a um, week at a time, you know, and, uh, and the more I'm enjoying it and just see where the, uh, where my fights take, where they end up, you know what I mean? And uh, I just, but as long as uh, they're dedicating themselves and they're giving it all and I think they can do something, you know what I mean? 
That's uh, but it's always down to them. It's all my hands now. I'm not fine anymore. So it's uh, they're fine. I can only give them advice and tell them don't do this, don't do that, and uh, hopefully they take it. You know. So man, no doubt you'll take a lot of fighters right to yeah. the very top. Cash. I just want to throw yeah. over to Scott now, who's yeah. got some questions that have been sent in from the fans to yourself. Yeah. So we'll, we'll throw this over yeah. to Scott to take the lead now. Well, first shout from the from uh, John McCallan this week, and when I right. saw this drop in my inbox, Cash, I thought you're a a great person to, yeah. to answer this question. John says the best thing to happen in boxing last week was Boris Crichton showing he's the only real throwback fighter around at the minute. He's had three fights right. in a month and he could have won yeah. more. What can you tell us about Boris Cash? He's, he's one of the St. Andrews Sporting Club stable yeah. of fighters. How important are, are fighters like Boris in getting Scottish boxing back on the map, would you say, Cash? Yeah, see, Boris, Boris is always in the gym. He's always in the gym. He's always keeping himself fit. You know, whether he's not, if he's not punching, he's always doing um, crossfitting, doing weights, running. He's always a boy that's living. He he's, uh, he's always in the gym. You know what I mean? He's one of them. He's never out the gym. He's always looking after himself. So he was, uh, he was a perfect guy to take the fight on a day's notice, build on the after round. He fought, a week, uh, I think, a week and a half later, then he fought another week later. So, you know, after he fights in a month and son ahead of this day and age, and they weren't an easy fight. So, you know, a lot of respect to boys for doing that. Even some of the top fighters couldn't do that this day and age, you know. And some of the journeymen, I know some of the journeymen do it by four and six rounds, but Boris had a 10 round and then an eight round and then a six round or so. You know, all credit to him for doing it. And when you look at Scottish boxing, obviously so many legends throughout the years, obviously we recently yeah. lost a true legend in, in Ken Buchanan. And, you know, when you look at the likes of Jim Watt and Ricky Burns and Josh Taylor and yourself, of yeah. course, what, what do we need to do, Cash? Because at Matchroom at the minute, we, we don't have any Scottish fighters. And I was talking to, to Ian Wilson about this, your manager, and I, I was sort of saying, yeah. you know, this is... This is it's crazy, really, when you think about that. What what do we need yeah. to do to to get Scottish boxing back on the scene in, in terms of how it should be, aside from just Josh Taylor? I think uh, hopefully it's uh, the next. Obviously, some of the boys turning over and meddling in the championships and the amateurs or something, meddling abroad, and hopefully they get Eddie and take side to them and and bring the big knife up to Scotland. You know what I mean? I think that's what they, they need a night up here up in Glasgow, Scotland. And uh, yeah, hopefully. Uh, a good amateur can turn over and maybe sign where he and he can bring the big knights back up here. <laughs> That'd be good. We certainly miss the uh, the atmosphere up there, so hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, the next shout is uh, a couple of you sent in. Yeah. Tank being Tank and stopping Ryan Garcia. Well, I stayed up, Cash, after our, our night in yeah. Cardiff with Joe Cordina till about 5am to, to watch that fight. Did you watch it? And I suppose in terms of the performance of, of Javonne Davis, what did he prove, do you think, last weekend? I was only seen the knockout and a, few, a bit of the highlights, but, but I knew Javonne Davis was going to, you know I mean, uh, be him to be honest. He's, he's, he's a elite, elite fighter and a good, really good fighter. And uh, I've seen, I've seen that coming, you know I mean? He's, I think he's a, uh, I don't know where he gets a power from because he doesn't look that big. And he looks so uh, He must be about five for five. That's probably the same height as me. I think but, he's been watching Cash Farouk, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you why, I think he'll go down as one of the great good great fighters of this era. If the way if he keeps going the way he's going, you know, and uh, but yeah, I called Ryan with some show and uh, I think uh, I don't know whether Ryan gets here chopped there, but you know, I, he didn't even bother tagging and getting up, but you know, obviously he only knows how so <laughs> how so the body shot was. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the next shout is from mul multiple people again and yeah. saying that Joe Cordina's heroics in Cardiff. Well, that was a special night in Cardiff, Cash. Again, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if you were, you were able yeah. to catch much of the fight with Rackham. No, I watched, I, I watched that fight. To be honest. I, watched, I watched that fight and I was, I tell you what, that's one of the best fights I've seen, Joe Cordina. And um, as uh, Rackham off. That's it, yeah, Rackham. What, what yeah, do you want to see, see Joe uh, do next, Cash? I would, I'll be honest, that was a hard fight, so 
ideally you want him to maybe get a few defenses he can you know make a few quid and maybe you don't know, get a few defenses and you know and build up bigger fan base you know maybe when he can and get unification I mean after one or two defenses you know but I know Eddie Hearn's looking for the, um, unification straight away but but that was a really really hard fight and he's had two really good he's beat really two good boys back to back and I think he probably know he needs a soft touch but he needs someone that you know and that he can really just go in and showcase his skills but that, that fight you know that, that was one of the really really tough fights for Joe Cordero really tough fight and that boy just didn't but did he? The last shout this week is from Joe Sullivan, who has been quite sharp off this. It was only announced yesterday. Yeah. Joe says the best thing to happen in boxing was Liam Smith rematching Eubank. It ends the same way. Well, it's a good rematch. I mean, I think it's still a rematch that people want to see. Chris Eubank Jr. has got a very good way of making you yeah. interested in a fight you didn't think you were interested in, based on what he said at the press conference yesterday. In your opinion, Cash, do you see that as being repeat for Liam Smith or perhaps a, a Eubank Jr. revenge? No, I think I'll be repeat again with Liam Smith because um, I do think Liam Smith is a really good fight. I think he's getting better with age as well. And um, the, obviously, the knockout last fight that happened didn't look like it was a hard shot, but you know, and whether it depends what Chris Eubanks got left as well in the tank. But I think Liam Smith, uh, Liam Smith will win this fight. I think we'll be a stoppage again. Well, we look forward to finding out what does happen in that fight. Cash, just from you, so good yeah. to catch up. Best of luck in, in all you're doing each each day in yeah. the gym. And we look forward to having some big nights in Glasgow and seeing you in the corner, my friend. But thanks so much for your time yeah. and, and great thanks, to catch up. Thanks, yeah. well, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Thanks, well, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Cheers, Cash. Cheers, Cash. You too, mate. Hey, bye-bye, Scott. Bye-bye, Scott. Take care, mate. Well, it's always great to, to catch up with our friend, Steffi Ball. Steffi, very much in camp now with Terry Harper as she prepares for for what is a, a very intriguing fight and a massive fight for Terry as well. What have you been most impressed about, Steffi, when it comes to Terry's mindset that she seems to want to always throw herself in these in these very difficult challenges on paper? Well, I just think that's uh, the type of personality that uh, Terry is. Obviously, after suffering the, uh, the defeat for the first time, uh, she felt like she'd still got to prove herself, still needed to answer the demons. She knows the importance in female boxing, to the importance to be in big fights financially and to get the recognition you deserve. You need to be in world title fights. So obviously losing to Alicia, which now has proved, uh, even though it were a, a defeat weight drain, it's proved to be not, not looking as bad uh, because of the great run and the and, and the great fighter she's turned out to be, but Terry, the opportunity came for Terry to go up the weight to fight Anna, and it wasn't just like one or two or three, like jumping up four weights. And and the long term goal for that were obviously uh, Natasha Jonas had world titles at the uh, at the same weight, so it just made sense uh, to try and set up her uh, a mega fight. So Terry had done her side at bargain, gone, beat Anna Rankin, uh, quite comfortable. Uh, then, then we assumed, or we all thought that this this mega fight could happen. Undisputed champion, all British undisputed champion, massive, all eyes on it for for that to fall by the wayside. And then Terry's kind of attitude, what after that falling through, is well, let's get the biggest fight possible at these weights. And and then who's who steps in is is Cecilia Breakers, who's number one in the division, only lost two fights against Jessica McCaskill, two competitive fights. There's no doubt in saying that 
Cecilia Breakers is probably uh, a future Hall of Famer, uh, definitely an all-time female Drake. So to be in this type of fight on this big occasion is very exciting, and I'm very proud of Terry that the fact that she wants to be in these kind of big fights, and she knows that a win over Cecilia Breakers will set up super fights moving forward, and I think that's what she deserves now. It's crazy when you sit back, and I don't think people realise that Terry's uh, been with Matchroom now on, on the big stage since uh, 2019. It's like four years uh, being in, in big fights on the big stage, and she's learnt on the job, and, and, and crazy to think she's still only just 26 years old. So I just think now Terry's in the form of her life. She's been fantastic in training her. I mean... Everybody knows who follows me on social media that I bang the drum regarding Teddy, but I really mean this when I say it. she's in the form of her life. And come 20th of May, you, you're going to see her, uh, a, a, another level to Terry. And we're very excited for it. Well, Steffi, I know that you're a, a former fighter. Um, you're a manager, a trainer, but blimey, you're a promoter as well, mate. I'll just ask you one question. You spoke for about 25 minutes there, mate. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, I I, I'm doing your job. <laughs> you don't need I me. I could also think. be a presenter. <laughs> Steph, just on the promoting side, I think you had a show last Saturday, didn't you? And you have one in July. Um, how do you yeah. how do you balance between all these different jobs? Like Jamie said, then you pretty much have your hand in every pocket going in boxing. Yeah, and do, do you know what? Not only that, just remember, I match make all my own shows. And then I'm in back in the changing rooms, wrapping hands, doing cuts in the corner. There's, there's, there's nothing. I think I should be like knighted. <laughs> like, I'm like a superhero, aren't I? But no, honestly, yeah. It, do you know what? I mean, it, like Carl Green's does the same as I do. There's not many of us that do it like Carl's one of them. But everything's experience, isn't it? You know, it's like, it's just what I do now. It's just a day at the office. It, it's, it's not even difficult. And there's a saying is, if you're good at your job, it's the most natural, most natural thing going. And it, it's just what I do now. So there's not, I've learned to cope with stress. I've learned to cope with the drama that promoting. I've learned and understood that it's just a gamble. Some shows I lose a lot of money. Some shows I earn money. And, and it's just taking the rough with the smooth. But over the last few years, like since Terry's turned or been not turned but being professional I've I've invested all my time into Terry and I've only trained Terry but over recent times Ray's uh, had to go to work as a single parent and so now I've I've, I've stepped away I've, I've pulled back on my coaching ass and I'm now coaching all the fighters that we have in the gym and, I, and I've been absolutely loving it again I've, I've I've changed my ways of living and, and into the fitness routine and training myself and eating well and it's just put my mindset totally in a different place and I'm I'm back loving coaching again so that I'm, I'm back in back in the saddle loving coaching and and uh, looking forward to uh, 20th of May that's that's the next biggest fight and just three weeks away now and Terry's chomping at the bit it's exciting Steffi I know what you just said there about being an unsung a, a, a bit of a hero of British boxing. You meant that as a bit tongue-in-cheek, but we all know all the work you do do behind the scenes. And like I said there, you are certainly an unsung hero of, of the sport. When you look at your journey as a fighter, I was talking to Cash Farouk a little bit earlier on, who we you know sadly had to retire before he, he, had his, he had his opportunity to shine on the world stage. But for you, when you look at your experience, obviously, I think you won a central area title, did you? You boxed Amir Khan and, and, and some other decent names. As a, a young a fighter at that point, when you transitioned into a coach, how much truly 
do you think your experience in the sport and seeing it on that on the fighter's side of the ropes has helped you be the manager that you are, the promoter that you are? How, how do you think that life experience has helped you? For me, I think it's been vital. I mean, I, I always when I, I went like this is this is how the my conversations. We're sat in the pub now, and we've got a few mates sat around, and everybody asks questions and things. And when I was a budding young professional and in my late teens, like I thought I were destined to be this this professional boxer, and uh, that what that would be all or end all. But as years have gone by, I understand my journey that. Like, I did my very best as a fighter, but, I, but when it came to the big fight, I just failed. And when I look back, it's not a problem whatsoever. It, 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 what, what it did for me is I'm a realist. I know I failed because I just weren't good enough. And one of the things that let me down is my mindset. I was neg- a negative thinker, and that definitely let me down on the big, the big stage in the big fight. So I'm a strong believer on a positive mindset now, and that's on the back of experiencing losing big fights as a fighter. So also as a fighter, I've experienced being on ticket deals, I've experienced being on TV, I've, I've had good wins and I've had defeats. So there's nothing I've, I've not experienced. And I understand how a fighter feels, and I understand when a fighter's out of his depth, I'm really a realist, and I can, and I know where I went wrong as a fighter. I'm not like deluded. I should have done this. I should have done that. Listen, I've got them defeats as a professional fighter just because I wasn't good enough on that fact. Uh, so that be, be, being coaching just uh, what just come natural after fighting, and like. Coaching won't even add because I understand the game. I've been in boxing all my life, and and then I, then I started to realise, hey, you know what? I'm good at this. Jamie McDonald won. Uh, Jamie McDonald won a world title when I were only 32 years old, and and then and then I, on the back of his success, I had a gym full of fighters: Gavin McDonald, Robbie Barrett. Uh, then it was like, I need to get a manager's license now. The, these careers need looking after, not just coaching. And then through all my experience, same again as being in a being a fighter, I understood the market. Uh, I picked positive things up from my manager and 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 fizzled out what I thought were the negative things. So everything's experience and everything will just come second nature. It's never been hard. And then as a manager, when I got that many fighters, it was then I need to promote because these fighters. I don't want to be shoving them in a way corner where it's hard that I can build careers. And and before you know it, Gavin McDonald, uh, nine and old, then manoeuvres into a contract with Matchroom Boxing. Terry Harper started on Maya shows. And if I wasn't promoting, these champions now wouldn't have had the platform Max to use on my shows. Uh, so they all need a platform. So when I, when I really do sit back, I mean, you'll have seen on my social media, I put that post up a, a few nights ago with all the champions that I've helped, that I've made, and that's like as a manager or as a coach. And it's quite phenomenal when I sit back and I see it in lights like that, and I can pat myself up back. Six British champions, three world champions, eight English champions, three European champions, and I sit back and I think, wow, I, I have actually done this, and it, it, it's not even been hard. But what it has been done with is persistence, dedication, and discipline. And, I, and and that 
were nurtured into me from my fighting days because I was very disciplined and I always had dedication. So everything's just come as second nature to me. Some man, Steph. Before we uh, we move on to the crucial part of this chat, mate, which is basically called the Alias Apron Challenge, which is a, a terrible name. Me and Scott thought about it. And it's almost so bad that it's actually stuck and now it's brilliant in our opinion. So essentially, let me just explain to you what the Alias Apron Challenge is. You will get 30 seconds. Scott will reel off to you an alias, a fighter's nickname, and you have to tell us who that nickname belongs to. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah, I've got it. Okay, so I don't know who's top of the league, Scott. Do you, from memory? I think... Sky Nicholson, Sky Nicholson, Carrier maybe, Fire maybe, yeah, yeah I'll carry, yeah, but we'll tell you. There, there is a, um, there is a, a charity element to the leaderboard, so um, Enzo yeah. Macronelli's up there as well. So you're, you're in, yeah. you're in good company, Steph. But I, come I was, on, let's go, bring it on, bring it on, <laughs> see what we've got. So what we'll do, we'll, we'll count, I'll count you down from three, two, one, and Scott will start the clock. Steffi Ball, you've been involved in fights yourself against the likes of Amir Khan. You've been in World Championship corners, but how are your nerves for this, mate? I'm so nervous I'm biting my nails at this moment. <laughs> well, just one little caveat, uh, Steph. You can skip if you don't know the answer. If you don't know the answer, you right. want to get the passing quickly. There's going to be a lot of skipping going on here. Let's, right. let's do it. Are you ready? Three, yep. two, one, go. First one is The Outlaw. Josh Whale. Correct. The Engine. Echo Zulman. Uh, Correct. The Heartbreaker. Skip. Big Baby. The what, sorry? Big Baby. Oh, big, oh, no, skip. Too Slick. Too Slick. Uh, Jason Move. No, that was Too Small. Move on. His brother, Nicky Move. Cat, oh. See, it's hard. It's that hard. It's hard, Steffi, when you're under pressure. It's Too Slick, Chris Congo. Correct. There you go. And Big Baby, Jerome Miller. Miller. Yeah. Miller, yeah. So basically, yeah. Steffi, you talked a great game and you absolutely bottled it, mate, when it <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon, I reckon I'm up there in bronze position at you least. probably are. What did, I think you got two. Two, yeah, two it probably three. is. You probably are in, in bronze, which would be a charity payout. So there you go. at the end, yeah. of this, end of the series, we'll go back through and tell it up and you might be in a shout, mate. So yeah. See, what, that, that Echo Isserman was a brilliant answer. Fair play for that one. That's true. Yeah, don't know. Fair play. Well, stop mugging me off. <laughs> <laughs> I only mug you off because I love you, Steph. Yeah, just before we do let you go, Steffi, um, final thoughts on Terry Harper. Obviously, it's a massive opportunity. I know how much... She's always been a massive fan of Katie Taylor. I, I remember when they first met, actually, in, up in Manchester, I think it was. Yeah, Manchester, um, yeah. That's it. That Thank was the, the Crawler the farewell night, wasn't it, that one? Yeah, for, that's the one. In terms of the fight, um, in, in one sentence, how does Terry Harper beat Cecilia Breakhouse, in your opinion, Steph? By hitting her more times than she hit Terry. Any means necessary? No, I just think uh, Terry's just got to get stuck in in this fight and, and let her aggression into it. I don't think Cecilia likes being it and... Uh, Terry's just gonna just gonna get in and get involved. Steffi Ball, we can't wait for that massive fight on the undercard of Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron, of course. All eyes will be on Dublin on design. Steffi Ball, thanks very much for your time. And uh, Problem, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll see you very soon. You will do. Catch you soon. Take okay, care, mate. Cheers, Steph. Well, it's always a pleasure to catch up with Maisie Rose. Courtney, Maisie, great to have you on the show today, under the spotlight this week. First of all, where were you last night? A, a, a red carpet event? Was that some sort of award ceremony? Yeah, I don't know. I got dragged to some red carpet sports industry awards with my PR team. Yeah, it was good. It was all right. My feet are in bits from the hills. I ain't oh used to all that stuff, but 
Yeah, it was fun. All new though. To be honest, I saw you at the the launch party for for Joshua Franklin and Fight Week, and I think you're starting to enjoy all of the the little bits that come with being a professional fighter. No, no, it's all right. It's it's something to get used to. You know, I think to dress up and all of that. I'm used to walking around in my tracksuits and my <laughs> trainers and my hairs all over the place, but it's quite nice to dress up now and again. Yeah. From a boxing perspective, what are we two fights in now? How were you? adjusting to the life regardless of all the stuff that comes with it with the red carpets and what have you how are you adjusting to the routine of being a professional boxer um i'm getting used to it i'm quite lucky to be in the team that i'm in so i've had before even before my debut i had five months preparing just for my debut so the hardship of it it's getting easier it's never easy but it's getting easier to adapt to it and to make sure that no, it's kind of like to get my head around it. I know when I need to be there. I know why I'm doing it now more, if that makes sense, like the training aspects of it, yeah. And you're working closely with Kevin Mitchell, of course, Tony's first female fighter. So that's one, uh, one for the history books. And I think everyone in the gym is really taking you under their wing. I think you're very much the, the little sister, aren't you, of the gym just down the road from the office? Yeah, I'm the little, definitely the little sister of the gym. I get absolutely, like, picked on and everyone takes a mick out of me. But I love it, do you know what I mean? I'm... Um, it's out of love, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope so, anyway. But, yeah, I love it. They look after me. They're like all my big brothers. They make sure I'm all right. They make sure that... Obviously, being a female, it's a little bit different. The training is uh, still the same, but... Like, the way it affects me or whatever, blah, 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 and all of that rubbish. But they make sure I'm all right. I know a few of them, and this might not be something that's common knowledge, but the likes of Connor Ben, he helps you out, doesn't he, in a few different ways. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so Connor is probably the main reason why I'm able to get to the gym because I travel about two hours every day to get to the gym. I live in like Eltham in London. It's a good journey and I ain't got the money. Do you know what I mean, I'm only starting my career. To be fair, my, my commute to the office is about two hours as well. Can yeah. Connor help me out? <laughs> like I'll have a word of him. I'll see him in Mexico. I'll have a word. But, uh, but what does he do? How does he help you? He's, he gives me money for my transport monthly and he makes sure that I've got training gear. Do you know what I mean? When I first started out, I had nothing. Didn't have gloves, didn't have sparring. It's different. It's a different gear that you need when you turn pro. Otherwise, I have a flat nose and a dodgy cuts around my eyes and that. But he's helped me out. And I take my hat off, take my hat off to him. He's helped me out massively. Without him, I definitely wouldn't have been able to progress as quickly. It's nice to hear that. And that's the news you don't often hear, which you should be hearing, really. Yeah, I agree. Um, would you consider moving closer to the gym as time progresses? I know it's still relatively early in your journey. Have you thought about that? Yeah, definitely. They're being told to move here, but I'm like, I'm a proper London girl. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they can't take me out of there. It's like... I was just thinking, if you add it up over the space of a week, how long you're travelling, it's a lot of rest recovery, additional training. It soon adds up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I'd get used to it now, though. Do yeah, you know? fair enough, yeah. But yeah, no, I have thought about moving like down to Brentwood, but I don't know. And it's expensive around here as well. Yeah, it don't act like no more expensive than where I live already, sure. but I don't like walking out and seeing cows in that when I walk out. I suppose it must be difficult. I mean, w w when you look at the, the last weekend in Cardiff, Joe Cordina's fitness was a massive talking point, and we know that a lot of that comes down to the old school methods that Tony has, getting out on the road, doing the triangle really early on in the morning. When you're travelling in as early as you must have to to make that early run, that must be difficult. Yeah, but... So let's say I'm going to wake up and do the triangle. I'll wake up at 4.30 and leave about 5 or whatever. But I make sure that I go to bed at 8. Do you know, it's, it's things that you change and things you adapt in your lifestyle to make sure that I'm there and to make sure that I'm not tired or whatever. But yeah, wake up, go to bed at 8, wake up at 4.30. I 
on the train, Arthur's hip, Arthur Kip, yeah. I'm going to jump in here. You just mentioned the triangle. Now, we've heard mm. that a lot in the last couple of weeks. I think Tony mentioned it in the ring to Joe after something along the lines of, Joe, I bet you're glad you've done them triangles now. And the steps, yeah. It's all well and good us talking about it. Can you explain what on earth the triangle is? Torture. <laughs> Absolute torture. In one word. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? It's, it's about 0.8, 0.9 of a mile, and you sprint it as fast as you can. You go up for about half of it, up an hill for half of it, flat, down an hill, and then you sprint, it, sprint again for like a last, like 200 metres or whatever. And you do about... God knows how many, maybe like five, six, depending on how far out you wow. are. Minute breather. I get about 30 seconds because I'm about 30 seconds behind <laughs> everyone, do you know what I mean? So I'm like, I get there, have a drink, and I'm straight back out again. But it definitely changes your fitness. You don't, like, I've never done anything like that before in my amateur careers. Even when I've boxed for England, never. I don't look forward for it. <laughs> I suppose when you were watching, you were, you were ringside, weren't you, in Cardiff? It was a, another special night, obviously. Great to see Joe become a two-time world champion without... Losing his belt in the ring, of course. But when that, I think there was a few moments in the fight, maybe the fifth round. I think Rakimov had a, a good fifth round. But do you always feel watching Joe that he's going to be able to dig in and it's not? He's going to always find that second win when he needs it. Yeah, definitely. I said this before. I was like, Joe's like the most talented boxer that I've ever seen. Really, he's so naturally talented that I've got full trust in him to be able to beat like anyone. Do you know what I mean? But. When he got caught with that shot, you know, done it, mate. My heart sank. Everyone ringside, me, George, Felix Castro was there. We all absolutely was like, oh my god, like. So for him to recover from that and to carry on, take my hat off to him. I think it's another little tick, isn't it, on the sort of resume of Joe Cordina. You know, when it gets tough, he can dig mm, it out. So definitely. I think that was quite a big thing to to happen in the fight and come through. Talking about fitness, you've done two four rounders now. You're ready to make the jump up. To six rounds uh, in Dublin, of course, the small matter of the Katie Taylor, Chantel Cameron undercard on the 20th of May. Now, Maisie, as I've said to you before, previously on social media, I'm taking 5%. Wait, yeah. What's the deal? So basically, for those who don't know, Maisie's post-fight interview in Newcastle, was it? after your, uh, Was it Newcastle, Liverpool? Yeah, it was Newcastle, Newcastle. Yeah. After your last fight, we had talked in the morning of the fight and someone had Instagram messaged Maisie Kate Radomska, and uh, three and one, I think her record is from Ireland. Something like that, four and one. Four and one. Um, well, a winning record, so it's a, it's a good step up for you. And we mentioned her name in the post fight interview, and before we know it, here we are. Just um, how excited are you to be a part of this, and, and what does this step up mean at this stage of your career as well? Oh, I'm over the moon. I'm very lucky to be given a spot on another Katie Taylor card. Do you know what I mean? Like two out of my three fights on another Katie Taylor card is massive, being a female fighter. Um, and to be boxing an Irish girl with a good record who's called me out and for it to all fall into place the way it has is, I'm like, mate, I can't believe it, to be honest. I can't wait to, I can get in there tomorrow if I wanted to. Well, as a, a young fighter or with the matchroom back in, you, you're going to start getting called out now because people want to be a part of the big events and they want to they wanna beat you, really, because that can change their life. So should we make this a bit of a thing? If you win this fight in the post-fight interview, we'll just make it... You need to find someone who's going to call you out, though, for every fight. We need to make this public. I've had a few, like... Already? Well, yeah. There you go. Do you feel like when you're stepping up to the six rounds... Because I know, like, I mean, the four rounders, the four twos is over before you know it. I mean, it's so in quick. In eight minutes? It's so... <laughs> well, yeah, eight minutes, actually, to be precise. But it's, it's, it's so quick, isn't it? And sometimes even the, the most technical of boxers can, can smother their work. Because it is a bit of a panic, isn't it? You know, you can lose one round and you think, bloody hell, I've got... A, really bite down here but for you what differences do you think you'll see in your own performance with, with the extra extra minutes the thing is the way I train Dan with Tony and Kevin all that we don't 
like trained to the fight we're doing do you know what I mean we don't train for my four rounders we're training for 10 rounds when I'm fighting for a world title in the next year or whatever do you know what I mean so these four rounders they're too quick it's like you said it's like eight minutes of work it's nothing so yeah six rounds I think suit me I think that's where I should have started really do you think being a bit more relaxed I know it's always a talking point in boxing but being that bit more relaxed allow you to, to land your shots in the way you want them and potentially the stoppages will come as well yeah 100% it's Two minutes is short. That's why we don't really see a lot of knockouts in women's fights because that's when people start getting hurt after two minutes. People start to break down when it starts getting nearer to the three-minute mark. And that's when the knockouts start coming. That's when the entertain- like the entertaining fights start happening when people are getting hurt or whatever. But yeah, six rounds, I think I'll be able to calm down a little bit. I've gone out a little bit like a bulldozer in my last two fights. I've closed my eyes and started swinging and whatever with them, with them. But yeah, I can't wait. You picking Katie, or you pick, or you picking your your well? I suppose we can't say British, obviously with Ireland. Your your British counterpart in, in Chantelle Cameron. Who are you? Uh, who are you picking to win? Oh my! I don't know. It's an odd one. Obviously, I want Katie to win. She's like Miss. Do you know what I mean? For her legacy, it's going to be massive for her to win. For Chantelle, I want to. I want both of them to win. I ain't going to pick and choose. So I can't really like. I don't know. <laughs> I think everyone's a bit on the fence, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Just when you said it then, literally going through my mind was, oh, imagine if Katie lost in Ireland for the first time. It, it would maybe leave a little stain on the legacy, which would be um, somewhat a shame. But also at the same time, we represent Chantel and big fan of Chantel. So yeah, yeah, maybe a draw. <laughs> I've, I've always said that both of them are in tremendous shape mentally and physically. So I said, I think the other week, whoever wins that, the best girl has won. And you know, it's the best fight and the best, undisputed versus undisputed. So... We have to obviously commend both women for taking the challenge on. One thing I do want to ask you, Maisie, you're a repting girl. Still good friends with Darren Barker. Obviously, Darren's got great connections. Obviously, was trained to win his world title by Tony Sims. You still train in Darren's gym sometimes, a 12 by 3 gym? Yeah, so it's a little bit weird how that all planned out. So I'm a repting fighter, so it's Darren Barker. I ended up working for 12 3 which is Darren Barker's gym. And I never contacted Darren about getting in touch with Tony or anything like that. He didn't even know I was going down there. And then, yeah, that's it. It's weird how it all worked out. It's like, we followed, well, I followed his like, career, yeah. do you know what I mean? And then I ended up going with Tony and then speaking to Darren about it. And I was like, it's nuts. And then I'm fighting and he's commentating my fights. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, you're supposed to be my boss. You're supposed, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're doing my paycheck next week, but... Yeah, it's, it's nuts, yeah. It's mad how things work out. <laughs> isn't it? You work for Darren. Yeah, I was Darren's tea boy. Yeah. Look at us now, eh? See? Chewing the fat on a podcast. <laughs> Strange <laughs> how things can change in a few years, isn't it, mate? <laughs> what do you demand from yourself, do you think, on, on next month, May, May 20th? I definitely, I expect a more, like, I'm not going to be so crazy, do you know what I mean? I ain't going to go out there swinging or whatever. I feel more composed, so more composed performance. Obviously, I want to knock out. Everyone always wants to knock out, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, don't miss Maisie Rose, Courtney, back in action. Third professional fight, stepping up to six rounds. Big step up as well. First fight against an opponent with a winning record. Big part of all the before-the-bell action from Dublin, May 20th. Katie Taylor versus Chantel Cameron. Undercard, do not miss it. Well, thanks, as always, for listening to Flash Knockdown. Really enjoyed that show this week. We've got a big one coming up next week, of course. We'll be on the ground in Mexico. Producers Court, you're actually going to be over there, aren't you? Looking to grab some time with, with some pretty big names, I reckon. Yeah, flying tomorrow, mate. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll try and club together a decent show. I'm sure we can get a good lineup. 
cannot wait. But thanks as always, uh, until then, to our guest, Cash Farouk, Steffi Ball, Maisie Rose, Courtney and Michael Conlon. We'll be back, as I say, next week. You don't want to miss that one. Mm-hmm.